What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Guys Who Talk podcast. No matter where you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Give us a follow and share if you're on Spotify or Stitcher. Leave a comment in the form of a five-star review on Apple iTunes. And if you're on our original streaming service, podcast.com, hit refresh 90 times to get our numbers up. Three, two, one. Guys Who Talk podcast, January 11th, episode 7. We have a special guest today, the legendary Chuck. That's me. Dude, and uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about Chuck's life from his own perspective. And talk about where he's at these days. So, first off, I got to shout out Dalen Hill. He was put. He was advertising our podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and I, I think even Snapchat, but... Also, shout shout out to Logan Everly. He was shouting us out on a rap song he made on Instagram. Shout out to him. Also, shout out to Ryan Sullivan for putting us on a Snapchat story the other day. That was super cool, and I think that's the second or third time he's done it. And also, shout out to Cody and the Marines for tuning into the podcast and getting some good laughs in. Yeah. All right. All right, so basically we have Chuck on the podcast today, and... So, you're at school in Michigan State, right, Chuck? Yes, I am. Okay. Yep, studying accounting. Studying accounting. <clears throat> yep. Okay, nice. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm still, I mean, I'm a sophomore, so I'm still not entirely sure if it's what I want to go into 100%, but so far I'm enjoying it, and uh, one of my, I guess if I could choose one career right now, it would honestly be like a lawyer, like a defense attorney. Really? But um, I mean, to get into law school, you need any four-year degree, really. So I figure have something to fall back back on that's pretty profitable and and marketable and everything. So do you think you'd be interested in studying pre-law? <sighs> um, are we good on the dude, recording? Okay, no, gotcha. Dakota's got to talk louder, dude. That's his number one issue. He's not talking loud. <laughs> I realized that when my, I when I listened to. That's uh, why I need my mic. My mic came in today, by the way. Dude, we're getting yeah, we're getting new equipment. The show's getting new equipment, but sweet. All right, yeah. So, um, pre-law, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, as far as uh, a lot of people that go into law, they're doing like political science or pre-law type oh, yeah. stuff. But um, I figure, you know, just having a business background and and accounting and stuff, that's going to help me a lot more. Um, if perhaps I find out that uh, <laughs> that being a lawyer isn't something I want to do, because I don't know what I what I see like looking online people that decide they go into it and then like don't really enjoy it yeah. it's kind of because they're in it for the money and they're not like making the money right off the bat oh, and it definitely. just becomes really like tedious work and stuff but for me I feel like I'd really actually have a passion doing that kind of why? stuff <laughs> why yeah, dude, why would you why would you like doing that shit isn't it just like Feels like it's office work and busy work. Well, yeah, but it's working with individual people, and um, I don't know. I find that I can connect with people pretty easily uh, on an individual level. You and think you're good at talking. <laughs> like, would it make you, you feel think you're better I'm, talking? No, I think I'm good. I think I think I'm I'm good at having uh, conversations with with people and actually connecting you, you with like them on their values. One on one, mano y mano. Yeah, you like to know that you connect with them and you help yeah. them somehow. Yeah, for sure. And I've thought about like doing uh, maybe counseling or something like that too because I've really benefited from that. Yeah. Um, but I figure like I could have that type of role, um, being Dude. being a lawyer as well because I mean. My own, my own attorney. When I've had problems in the past, uh, he was a really, 
he cared about me. He didn't. Um, he he had compassion for me, and he wanted to see me do well. It wasn't all about the check for him, and just that feeling of having someone going to bat for you like that. You could um, tell he was passionate about what he was doing. For sure, yeah. My lawyer, fucking, his last name is Doherty. He spells it different, <laughs> but... And is he's it Do- fu- Doherty? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those. That guy. Not related to those ones. Dude, you know him? No, but I, I heard of him. <clears throat> Daddy, he's a schmongle. A schmongle? Yeah. What's that supposed right. to mean? Dude, he's just a fucking schmongle. Alright, Chuck. Do you play video games? Yeah, I do. Um, Not as much... Recently, um, I play Xbox. I play, you know, Fortnite, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I'm actually looking forward to uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out this month. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I haven't heard of that. Okay, well, what's it about? <laughs> the first, Dude, it's, a, it's like an 11 Disney year, one? yeah, it's an 11 year sequel. Like, uh, it's, it's a sequel 11 years in the making. Those are like my favorite games ever on PlayStation 2, the first two. It's basically. It's really fucking weird. It's like uh, <laughs> just a bunch of Disney characters and uh, <laughs> like it's an RPG, an action RPG, and uh, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna turn out. But I, I remember that's a really fond memories in my childhood. So. You know, it's a fun game. I used to play on PlayStation Two. What's that? Thrillville. Oh, is that uh, th- that uh, roller coaster one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, I go on Thrillville and I'd get tons of girlfriends and kiss them all. Dude, hell and yeah! I was like, fuck yeah, dude! I kiss all these girls all the time. I'm the thrill master. All right. All right, Chuck, do you still go to the gym regularly? Yeah, not as often as I'd like to, but, um, yeah, I got a fucking $45 a month gym membership that I got to find a way to justify having because... Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Powerhouse. Oh, Oh, damn. Yeah, well, it's really 30 bucks a month, but they charge every, like, three months, they charge you 40 bucks or some shit to, uh... For like gym maintenance and shit, it's kind of hey. kind of bullshit. Wow, dude. And it was like 130 bucks to sign up too. Is it a pretty good gym though? Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely it's got everything you need. Um, it's usually like pretty busy, but not where I'm ever really waiting too long for for shit to open up or anything like that. Okay, okay. All right, Chuck. Would you be interested in talking about the circumstances that have brought you to Michigan State? Like, would you like to explain your journey here and what you've been through? Yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> so. Did you ask that? It's so weird. <laughs> I felt like you were like um, kind of high right now, dude. <laughs> I, felt like you were I am not, monster. for the record. Chuck uh, is not high for the no. record. No, <laughs> I I stay away from that these days. Uh, Why, dude? <laughs> well, I guess we can get into that a little bit. Um, Let's just get straight into it. Start from the beginning. From the beginning. Uh, from you don't beginning have, at the point from which you want to start. You don't even have to. Yeah. Well, you don't even so have to details. Okay. Well, there's 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 a lot of different there's a lot of different um, areas I could go into deeper, but I'll just I'll try and just hit on whatever I feel like hitting on as I describe the story. Let's yeah. start where that kid from Manistee fucked that dog in the stink ponds. <laughs> that was a real thing that happened. Was it really? Why didn't I hear about this? Dude, that was a real thing that happened. If you listen to our podcast, you'll hear all about it. I okay. forgot one episode though. Oh, episode one or two. Because we were talking about the conspiracy theories of Manistee. Oh yeah, Bob's roofing dude. They're they're a conspiracy. Damn. Theory. They're trying to trap high school kids and make them work there forever. (laughs) No way. PCA will just trap you and they'll fucking make you do summer work and then you'll fall in love with it. 
Not really though. You just fucking are like, this is easy money. And then you you either fall in love with it or you hate it and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I did some roofing. Not at not at uh, Bob's, but yeah, I don't know. I heard I heard a lot of shit about Bob's. Where where were you roofing at? Brooks, uh, based out of Bear Lake. Oh, all the way in Bear Lake. Yeah, I had to commute thirty minutes every morning at seven thirty. I think we started. So yeah, that was. That was my first like full time job I think I ever had, but you probably enjoyed the paychecks off of it though. Yeah, um, yeah, I did. Uh, I got fired from that place. Actually, <laughs> it's the only place I actually got fired from. I remember you telling me the story about Dude, you getting fired. fired. You should tell the story. Well, there's this one kid, and you know, there's a kid where I work now. Um, that that is uh, the same type, same type oh. of guy, just like. Don't do it again. I'm not. No, I'm not. It's like, uh, just for some reason, maybe it's just my positive attitude. They, fucking, <laughs> they decide to single me out and like, just, I can't be, I'm someone that can't like make jokes about him and stuff. Um, like everyone's got their, like, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of teasing each other. And like this person just takes it way too seriously. Maybe cause I'm like the new guy or something. And, uh, yeah, but I just, that, I just got like, that just motivated me to kind of pick on him more, you know? Not being a dick, but like, I mean, it was a little bit of being a dick, but I'm just like, I talked, I had like actual real conversations with him too. I'm like, dude, like, I'm just trying to have fun, man. Like, you don't got to take everything so seriously. Like, you treat me differently and shit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, basically. Sounds like a dickhead, kind of. Yeah, like he was. Head. He was also very unintelligent, so that didn't really help. Oh, was he? Um, I think he was my, he's my age. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but. Alright, well, I'm gonna just, that, that's like 16 people that could be. <laughs> people our age from Bear Lake, it was like fucking. Anthony something. <laughs> Tony. Just, we'll call anyway, him Tony. Tony, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Tony, yeah. Um, it came down to just, the reason I got fired was, uh, he, uh, I, I like rode over there in the work truck to the to the site, and I had like all my fucking sweatshirt and like uh, my phone or not my phone, my wallet and just some other shit uh, all in the front seat. Yeah. And uh, he he hopped up in the front seat, and I'm like, "Yo, bro, my shit's all right here." Like I was kind of sitting here, and he fucking just like threw it in the back seat. He's like, "Get in the back." I'm like, "Bro, why the fuck you always disrespecting me and shit?" And he's like, get in the fucking back. He just wasn't having it. So I fucking Aww. grabbed him and just fucking threw him out of the truck. Aww. And fucking, he's like, immediate. He's like, I'm telling Charlie. I'm telling Charlie. <laughs> fucking, yeah, that's her fucking like, snitch. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, fucking do it, you little bitch. And, uh, <laughs> well, he did. And fucking. Um, oh, he should have beat his ass more at that point. No, like, actually he me. did. And uh, Charlie just never <laughs> came to hear my side of the story. He called me after work. Didn't even talk to me in person. He fuck. He's like. Yeah, well, I heard about an incident that happened today, and uh, you're done. And I'm like, uh, okay, like, uh, the fuck. And then the next day, I called him. I'm like, you know, I'd really like an opportunity to explain the circumstances. I found that I just wasn't being treated respectfully as a human yeah. being by this guy. And he's like, you know, I've I've heard you, and I'm not ready, I guess, to make a decision on whether to hire you back. But uh, I'll let you know in the next few days. And he decided not to, I guess, because. The two of us couldn't work together. I tried my hardest. I even I asked my coworkers like, "How do I work with this guy?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, he wasn't about to fire him and then hire me back. So like, I understand it. But yeah, yeah. Then there's this guy where I work now. All right, we definitely just had a little technical difficulty. Oh, two technical difficulties. Two technical difficulties. This is a redo of me 
trying to fix the technical difficulty. We're going to get back to Chuck's story after we... I guess we're just going to put in a little plug, so... Yeah. Anyone looking to get a plug in our podcast should feel free to get in contact with us. You can reach out to us for shout-outs, sponsorships, and adverts by DMing us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handles are in the podcast description. You can also contact us in the form of a five-star review on Apple iTunes. This isn't just for normal products, but it can be for anything from Instagram clothing wear to SoundCloud wrappers. Like, whatever you need, we'll be sure to sponsor it. Thanks. All right, so we're back now, and Chuck's going to continue his story for us. So, all right. Yeah, so as I was saying, there's a similar guy where... (laughs) (laughs) You want to describe what's going on real quick? Oh, my God, dude. I can't describe what's going on. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, yeah, there's a similar guy where I... uh, (laughs) Yeah, where I'm working now, um, just really uncooperative, like the... But I've had a totally different attitude towards him, like, uh, the other day, like, I don't know, I just, instead of getting pissed at him, I just fucking, like, joke with him and shit, like, uh, the other day, it was like, I asked him for a guac and a sour cream, I'm like, can I please get a guac and a sour, a small guac and sour, and he's like, can you please suck a dick, just, like, not even as a joke, like, he was just fucking pissed off, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like, can I suck yours, and he, he was fucking speechless, like, it was perfect, (laughs) you shut him right up, yeah, I did, no, it was funny, but, um, yeah, you like buffalo dip? Oh, I do. I do, but uh, I got some. I give give you my recipe later. Okay, there you go. For Twenty schmeckles. Twenty schmeckles. <laughs> Damn, I'm low on the schmeckles right now. It's like 128 U.S. dollars. Shit. <laughs> anyway, so Dude, my Jayco bucks have valued so much over time. <laughs> have what devalued or they have valued? Valued, yeah. There's so much appreciation. Yeah. Now. Um. Yeah. So. All right, back to so I was. I don't know my story. I was in high school. Um, I started smoking a lot of weed, basically. Uh, We have smoked a lot of weed together, I feel. Yeah, decent amount. There was that one booze cruise we did. That was a good time. I didn't even barely fucking drink. I just fucking bought, like, fucking maybe like three quarters of an ounce or so or something like that from the dispensary. Some fucking Girl Scout cookies, some fucking Super Lemon Haze. I remember when you had the... What? Three quarters of an ounce. Something like that. I remember when you had the nectar collector. Oh, God. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that was further along my drug addiction. <laughs> no, and I said, I don't know. We could talk about this, too. I think that fucking marijuana is a drug. There's no question about it. I mean, a lot of people. Whoa, dude. A lot of people. A lot of people will argue with that. Yeah. But we'll let you keep talking. Anyway, okay. You think it's um, addictive? Yeah. Even just flour can get addictive. Dude, yeah. I believe that. Because, okay. Because I have withdrawal with, symptoms. With, yeah, no, with, with dabs. Crazy dreams. Okay. Crazy, we have, we have yeah. weird fucking dreams yeah, well, because smoke. Yeah, because when you when you smoke, it actually uh, reduces your REM sleep at night, and REM is when you, rapid eye movements when you dream. So when you come off of it, you just get these vivid-ass dreams. They're and, horrible dreams. Yeah. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, but. The dreams um, can get so terrifying. <laughs> they are not fun. But no, They're like, real. Uh, yeah, when I was going through fucking, like, a. Uh, a gram of fucking dabs every day or two uh, between, like, two people. Um, yeah, when I stopped doing that, um, I stopped doing that in the first four or five days. Like, I could not eat. I could not sleep. Like, it was, like, that bad. Like, mm. I just I just felt terrible. Nothing compared to the withdrawals I had 
when I got arrested and I was fucking in Just jail. straight but, sober. Okay, but <laughs> I was on some other shit at that time. Uh, yeah, so smoking a lot of weed, fucking just gen- in general making um, not the best decisions uh, with school and everything, like wake and bake and all that. And uh, yeah, um, also at that time I was pretty insecure, I guess you could say about my just... I don't know if you want to call it sexuality or like just my relationship to women in general. Yeah. And um, I felt the need to prove something to my peers about that. And uh, so, you know, if I ever got nudes from a girl or anything like that, I think it was a pretty common thing in, yeah. in high school, you yeah. know, sharing them with people. Definitely. And I mean, so what got me into trouble at first was... Uh, I had a girl sucking my dick. And, uh, <laughs> this is a normal high school thing. Okay, so. yeah, fucking um, recorded her with no intention really of showing anyone, just for fucking jacking off to later, you know. But, <laughs> for the wank bank. Yeah, yeah, for the wank bank. Uh, and uh, but you know, I ended up telling a few friends about it, and they're obviously like, "Oh fuck, let me see that shit." Yeah, and I did uh, hesitate yeah. about showing them, um, and not even I don't know, I didn't really even consider like the girl's privacy or anything i just wasn't i just wasn't that type of considerate person back then and uh yeah i showed a couple people probably that i shouldn't have that went and blabbed about it to some people yeah then uh um eventually blabbed about it uh i mean do you they didn't know what was gonna happen i don't like i know i know it's one of two people or both that that caused all this all this trouble for Dude, me. Dude, I heard about it from someone. Okay, and uh, I don't know what two people it is, but I feel like I might know one of them. Right. Anyway, really? so maybe. So yeah. Uh, I want to see who it is. No, don't. You don't got it. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll put we'll put it. In the no, you won't. <laughs> because we'll put you know, Facebook in the bio. No. no, I could. I don't know. I could see myself doing something like that. Be like, oh my god, get, listen to what I fucking saw the other yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just without really thinking about it. So, yeah, like, fucking... Let's see. Like, well, fucking I'm, Chuck showed me this video of him getting one, his fucking dick sucked two, by this girl. I want to see three, that. Four, five months later, uh, wow. after I recorded it, it kind of died off, and then all of a sudden it came back. People were talking about it. And uh, I, um, I had uh, applied to U of M, and... I kind of, I felt like I had to disclose this information just because I'm an honest person, you know, and yeah. I, 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 I put th- it on your application. No. Yeah. I, I put it on my application and I, then I called up the, the person and I had a phone conversation with her about it and, uh, I got deferred. I mean, I had fucking 34 ACT, 4.02 GPA, fucking band, wrestling, football, captains, and fucking all that shit. Um, and yeah, I got deferred and then. April 28th fucking got my decision back. I was on the wait list, which they don't reject anyone. They just put you on the wait list. Oh, yeah. Less than five minutes after I got that decision, I got called to the office. Uh, the principal came in. She's like, hey, can I talk to you for a sec? Went in there. There's a sheriff's deputy there. They're like, we heard we heard, oh, wow. we heard, about you have a video of an underage girl on your phone. And also, I should clarify this. Um, I was 17 at the time recording the video. The girl was 16. And so, 
I knew that. I told him that. Okay, yeah. so it was so a legal it's... consensual act. She consented to the video, but it's technically child pornography. Even if I took a dick pic before I was 18, that's producing child pornography. Yeah, but you're not like... But that's a thing in high school. Like, yeah, it everyone, is. Everyone is the age of 16 through 18. Like, like everyone's within yeah. that age where it is illegal, but yeah. but you can and still... Yeah, you there never, are plenty of yeah. other people that like, could have yeah, equivalent of, trouble that you got in. Yeah. Yeah, like there's and plenty I've, of people did what you did. Yeah, but and never, I've known people who've done it with like fucking 15-year-olds and showing the videos yeah. around, which is yeah. if legally, from a legal standpoint, that's... Uh, that's videoing you raping a child and uh, like... Yeah. yeah, so... Um, but those people were in high school and shit. Yeah. So, like, at the time, it was, like, a one- or two-year difference. Right. But, yeah. Um, we don't hang out with a bunch of, like, yeah. <laughs> we don't hang out with a bunch of pedophiles, just to make that clear. <laughs> but, well, well, this was when we were very young. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, they brought me in there. I had to uh, give up my phone. Uh, at that point, I basically thought my life was over. I just got rejected from the school I wanted to go to. I got uh, an investigation started on felony charges, and um, I was like, I was just like, fuck, what the fuck am I gonna do? Like, um, I was actually feeling pretty, like, suicidal, and uh, um, I was seeing a counselor at that time just for um, drugs and shit like that, and uh, I went to go see her, and she referred me to, like, one of the best lawyers in um, our county, and went and talked to him he just made me feel a bit better about the whole situation um <clears throat> yeah and so then over the next four months it was just kind of in limbo there was an investigation going on they looked through all the nudes on my phone and tried contacting and figuring out they contacted a few girls and so um and brought them in for questioning wow. and uh Trying to, and they even showed nudes of other girls to those girls. I talked to some of the girls that got called in. They showed and are like, "Hey, do you know who this is?" Wow. Like, so, and uh, holy shit! Yeah, I didn't know this part. That is intense. You probably were just fucking. Being that is so overwhelming. I bet being yeah. in limbo, you probably had so much anxiety. I yeah. Only yeah. imagine. Okay. You're probably feeling a lot. Yeah, and uh, so then four months later, I got arraigned on uh, one charge of. A one five-year felony charge of uh, gross indecency with a 16-year-old female and um, one charge of possession of child sexually abusive material, yeah. a four-year felony. So nine years total. Um, oh. I... And, yeah, I got arraigned on those. Uh, before that, um, my lawyer was in contact with the prosecutor and um, trying to just work things out for me. And um, we had a pretty good hope that none of this stuff was going to be public and all that, that I would be able to get it taken off my record. And, uh, yeah. Um, Prosecutor just wasn't having it? No, the, well, not for a while, but it, it ended up, it ended up working out. Um, yeah, so I got my sentencing, I got rained on the charges, I got my sentencing deferred, um, until I was going to complete my first two semesters of college and like a month before school was going to start I applied to Ferris State and I got accepted there with a like founder scholarship paid for all my tuition and stuff um so that was nice that probably um, made you feel better for sure yeah and uh Dude, so, but I was just fucking so at this point at this point are you are you feeling like okay like things are going to be better no no, you no. were just, wait, or my second train of thought was, you're like, 
fuck. I'm still fucked, and now yeah. I'm not at the school I want to be at. Yeah, that's what it was, and, uh, um, yeah, at that point, too, uh... I have felt that Yeah, okay, my, my mom was, like, thinking about putting me into, into rehab or something, because I was just fucking dabbing out every day, waking up at 4 p.m., and fucking just waking up only to get dabs, and fucking, yeah, just that Probably bullshit. Probably sleeping a lot, too. Yeah, waking up at, at 4 yeah, p.m., yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, just overall just so depressed, and, um... So, uh, yeah, my mom was thinking about putting me in rehab. She talked to her brother, my uncle, um, a bit, and he said, no, he doesn't need rehab. He just needs a change of perspective. And so I went down to North Carolina to stay with him for a month. And, uh, he smokes too. Uh, he just, he smokes just, you know, Does um, he, did he smoke more than you at the time? No, he, he didn't smoke anywhere close to how much I did. And so, okay. yeah, at that point I spent... A week down there, he was just talking to me, trying to figure out where I was at. Um, a week down there, going through fucking withdrawals oh. and everything. Off, yeah. Just I already talked a little bit about those. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was North Carolina like? I don't know. Was did it feel like a getaway? It was a it... cathartic experience. Like, uh, it yeah, it did. I really I started feeling better about everything when I got down there. Um, yeah, after about a week, uh, my uncle did start. You know sharing a joint with me every couple days or something um just trying to show me that you can be like responsible and and um and and like use marijuana and stuff did it feel um, like you stepped away from the reality of the situation for a little bit in North yeah Carolina? yeah i did and uh oh wait a sec oh shit no i wasn't even arraigned at that point because uh yeah i didn't have my chart it was still the investigation and uh but yeah so i was stayed a month down there I felt fucking amazing so coming back. So this is the summer. Yeah. Before you get a rain. Yep. And before Fair State. Yep. Okay. And uh, so then I, um, I, uh, my mom picks me up from the airport, and uh, I am about. I'm just telling her about how like um, it was a really great experience and stuff, and she's like, well. You know, I have to let you know, like, uh, you've been arraigned on the, ch- or you've been, you've been charged oh. now. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, I was just feeling yeah. good. I yeah. was just feeling was good. Was that why she went to, like, was your, your stay cut short? No, it was, that? it wasn't cut short. It was just coincidentally, yeah. like, your, your yeah. meditational and period yeah. is over. You experience yeah. a lot of growth. And so, yeah. And I was like, now we're going to chop your yeah. legs off. <laughs> yeah. No, and I told my lawyer, I'm like, dude, it fucking sucks. I was just fucking doing this and I get back here and now all this shit and he's like well I've been busting my ass on your case this whole time where well, you're off on vacation so like I don't really have much sympathy for you and I'm like okay I guess that's a good like reality check um mm-hmm. but uh um so yeah I got arraigned on those charges uh they deferred my sentencing till after till would have been next summer um and the next next summer from now yeah or at the time from no the at the time Okay, uh, yeah, at the time. At the time. And so, went to Ferris, was dabbing out most days. Um, yeah, I just fell back into that pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I completed that semester with a 3.47, I think. And uh, so, not too bad. But, um, yeah, so then the next semester was starting up. This, okay, another fucking thing. <laughs> that winter break at that time. Do we have like a time limit, or can I like? No, you okay. Not, you, you've not even okay, talked for cool. two hours before. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so 
Yeah, winter break, my family was moving out of Michigan to Pennsylvania for my dad's new job. And so I went home for winter break. Um, all the shit was out of the house, an empty fucking house, like just depressing ass place. Yeah, fucking, no, no, I had, no place for you at the time. Yeah, probably. my birthday was over break and Christmas was over break. And just, uh, you know, those days that are supposed to be like happy like days, you know, my birthday was like the most depressing day I had in so long. Oh, and, uh, that sucks. Yeah, man. it was just like, yeah, it was just fucked. I wasn't happy at all. And uh, yeah, so then going into the next semester, I had all my, I was in the honors program, so I was able to schedule all my classes before everyone else. Mm-hmm. I had them all scheduled out, and then my mom forgot to make a payment, so all of them got dropped. I fucking uh, went back and, and, and scheduled them all again. And then first day of class, another payment was due. She forgot that one, so all of them got dropped. First day of class, I had no class. And uh, so then the next day I signed up for classes. I just wasn't happy with it at all. I uh, started, yeah, I just also... You're dabbing out a lot lot of this time still. Yeah, and another thing too was like... uh, Was winter break uneventful then? Pretty pretty uneventful, yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, except so I had... uh, I had wanted to get a Xanax prescription because I had oh. been dealing with really bad social anxiety, and I thought that was my only hope, basically. You thought it was the way out. Yeah, and uh, just were you really, like, were you just like, I'm gonna use these responsibly, like at the time? Yeah, like, I need these. Yeah, I need okay. these. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> so I went through starting in. I think uh, starting right when I got down there, I started seeing a. A doctor for it and she first prescribed me some hydroxyzine which is an antihistamine like benadryl that is sometimes prescribed for anxiety i'm like i know this isn't what i want uh so i'm just saying it's, it doesn't work and it didn't work really and then she put me on uh Celexa, which is a um an antidepressant slash anti-anxiety and <clears throat> she put me on that and uh that doesn't start working for about a month so i was on that for a month and then I saw her again said well it's been helping with my depression but not my anxiety wait it takes like the pill takes a month yeah you have to take it every day it's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor it uh like it makes it so you know like serotonin in your brain yeah Yeah. yeah. it makes it so it like stays in your brain it blocks it blocks the receptors that like pull it pull it back in so when it gets released it just stays there floating instead of being like recycled back through okay um so, uh, yeah, I was on that for about a month and went back and I'm like, yeah, it's helping with my depression, not my anxiety. So she prescribed me a uh, buspirone, which is a general anxiety, uh, medication, um, that also takes about a week to kick in. And I also suffered from severe, just general anxiety disorder at that time, which is like, just, just like could not go out in public. Yeah. Like interact with yeah, anybody. Yeah. If I, yeah, if I fucking like... If I was in the bathroom and fucking someone else walked in there when I'm trying to pee, I wasn't I wasn't able to pee like that kind of shit. Like I was just Damn. feeling fucking cold at all times, just like sh- uh. like shivering and stuff, just like uh, bad stuff. And um, yeah, the the actually with the Celexa too, um, that makes it so a lot of people like you can't have an orgasm on it. And I was shit. having that problem, and the the boost the boost bar also um, actually has an effect of. Uh, like canceling out that side effect so that that was cool too but um yeah 
went for a couple weeks on that. I'm like, it's not working. She's like, all right, I'll prescribe you uh, Ativan, um, which is a benzodiazepine like Xanax. It's just slightly... She seems like she's really beating around the bush. Yeah, because they don't want to... It's a college campus. Like, I went to the college campus doctor. Like, they don't oh. want to... Yeah, they don't They don't want to... And for good reason, they don't want to prescribe those. Yeah. Um, and so she prescribed me that. I started fucking taking them just fucking they're sweet too like you can dissolve them under your tongue like they're it's did, not something you gotta swallow did they have a flavor or just yeah just like sweet kind of like strawberry or something okay and okay. no so I started fucking just uh, taking them and then not and I did want to like achieve some recreational effect with it too when I first started taking them just to see how they worked you know yeah and uh so <clears throat> um yeah, I just ended up taking more and more fucking just crushing them up did they and make snorting you feel, them. Did they make you feel happier at the time or like did they work? No, they just they just they numb me out. They didn't really make me feel anything. They just numb me out. Made it so out. you couldn't feel anything. Yeah, like basically. you're a zombie. Yeah, exactly. And uh I had a same issue with that. Yeah, no, I was fucking chewing them up just fucking uh five at a time and fucking just like snorting them and shit. I had a 30-day prescription that was gone in a week and Damn. uh just burning through them. Yep, and then uh Dude, I had a problem with Norcos. Like oh, that. yeah. I, I love Norcos, but uh, I've never actually gotten into them. I just did them whenever they were around. Dude, I had yeah. the worst withdrawal ever. It's yeah, so I never bad. did them enough to have withdrawals. My dad made me work for his concrete company his whole day. Like, he made me work the whole day without any Norcos, and he made me cut cold turkey, and I was just puking, like, like out of the work truck, like, puking at the job site, and he was making me work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Damn. Just puking, like, all day. Damn, dude. And like That's whenever, brutal. And he was just like, yeah, you'll never take these again. I'm like, <laughs> wow. It fucking sucked. It was so lame. You, he taught you a lesson, pretty much. He taught me a lesson <laughs> about not being addicted to prescription drugs. Yeah. He, he was like, That's a right, good Zach, lesson. Dude, dude, but it fucking was so miserable because it just sucked. Yeah. Then my mom took him, too, so I could, like, be like, oh, come on, dude. Like, come on, give me some. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I was taking those, and I went through that prescription, and uh, by the last night of it, I used I used all of them, and uh, my my mom was coming up. We were going to my younger sister's basketball game, and uh, then going back home for the weekend, and uh, there you go. Okay, and we yeah we're going back home for the weekend, and uh, <laughs> um yeah well that that that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Definitely, definitely just, yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep, keep going, just sorry. getting distracted. I'm not trying to distract you. <laughs> uh Yeah, um I took shit ton of those like uh 20 of them in in the course of uh a, like um the night before in that day and then I uh I had been missing most of my classes up to that point. Yeah. And I just uh I planned on when I got home uh just finding whatever liquor i could get and just fucking chugging that shit down till i was dead getting ha- oh no damn. yeah you're going through some because, dark times at this because point. yeah because this is, i mean your, like your depression's at a peak right yeah now, probably yeah um yeah just fucking doing that and uh well i was fucking benzoed the fuck out and so yeah i went to this basketball game i i felt I actually started talking to my mom about what was going on and like my plan for that night. I was just fucking sitting in the bleachers sobbing like fucking Damn. I did not give a fuck. There was people Damn. all around I was fucking bawling my eyes out. Shit. Um and then uh we're just like okay we're gonna get you home and then uh I stayed at um my 
I'm pretty sure at that point I stayed at my old wrestling coach's house for that night, and then we decided oh, we were going to send me to okay. Detox, um, and which is just like a it was a one week program uh, just with other people that were uh, just detoxing off um, off off of drugs and stuff. I didn't really have too bad withdrawals there, but. I got introduced to 12-step programs like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. And I really actually liked being in those uh, those spaces just with other people who are compassionate for your situation and just uh, going through the same type of stuff. So I came out of that. I'm like, I'm not smoking anymore. And I'm done. I'm yeah, done. <laughs> I'm, yeah, and I didn't smoke again for over a year after that. Um, but... <clears throat> Like less than a month later, I fucking went online to get my antidepressant prescription filled, and I saw I had a refill for those uh, benzos. And I'm like, "Fuck, man! I could at least, you know, make some money off these or fucking take some of them." Like the yeah, yeah and so yeah. I did that and uh, just fucking went back to fucking taking them, taking them, taking them, and I also got some. So one night, yeah, I was fucking. No, so I got them filled the night before. By the time, by the next night, there was 22 missing out of 60 pills. There was 22 missing, Fuck. and only two of them I gave to a friend. The rest I all took myself. And uh, so I was all fucked up driving. I had some acid on me that I was going to take that night, which I'm glad I didn't because that probably wouldn't have went very well. But uh, yeah, I had some acid on me. I got pulled over for driving without my headlights on because I was fucked up. And uh, um, me being the honest person I am, I told him, hey, I'm on. Uh, so technically, I was bailed out of jail this entire time ever since I got arraigned. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was on bond. And uh, I told him that. And uh, he's like, all right, well, that means I don't require your consent to search you, so I'm going to search you. And uh, he searched me. He found the pills. He fucking counted them out one by one, saw there was 22 missing. And uh, then he uh, looked through my wallet and found the acid I had in there. And, uh, yeah, so he's like – then he called up the prosecutor who was already on my other case. He's like, yeah, I got Chuck here. Um and uh, he's got this bottle of pills. He says that he didn't sell any of them, but there's 22 missing, and it was filled yesterday. You think we can get him on a possession with intent to distribute charge? I heard him talking to him, and, he, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, so we're charging you with uh, possession to distribute, uh, possession with intent to distribute um, lorazepam, the Ativan. And, uh, yeah, I was cuffed at that time sitting in the back of um, the cop car, and uh, he had asked me about the acid and I, I didn't tell him what it was uh but he knew what it was yeah. <laughs> it was funny he's like he knew. you know there's that there's that uh misconception that like if you touch it you can get high off it you know yeah. like uh and he's like he's like if i touch this am i gonna need to go to the hospital and i just laughed at him I'm like no <laughs> like i'm just like god what the fuck's wrong with you like so you know uh, he ended up picking it up yeah no but uh yeah, he's and well, so, he didn't go to the hospital. What the yeah. fuck? Sounds like the interview when they try to kill Kim Jong Un. Yeah. So, um, and then my mom was out of town in Pennsylvania, and she actually pulled up. She, I was right in town when I got pulled over. She pulled up and saw my car pulled over and me in the back of the the car. So I was just imagining what was going through her head. She just got to town and saw me fucking arrested, and uh, yeah, I got. She was probably oh ooh. yeah when I was in uh, when I was in detox too, 
they'd prescribe me Neurontin, um, which is a, um, it's a mood stabilizer and it helps with like epilepsy and seizures and stuff. And that was just another thing that basically just numbs you out, but you develop a tolerance super quickly. And like in the morning, uh, I feel like complete shit and then I take it and I feel fine. So like it, there's some bad withdrawals with it. I was taking a high dose of that and, um, the boost bar still and the Selexa and I feel like there might've been something else too. Uh, but, oh yeah, baclofen, which is just a muscle relaxant, but it also, uh, it also has some use with anxiety as well, but I took that for teeth grinding at night because my enamel's already almost fucking gone yeah. from, from that shit, so, Definitely. um, yeah. you really fucking have been, like, on everything. Yeah. You've been through it. You've been, been through, through it. everything and, like, so, tried everything. Couldn't be, like, not tried, but, like, been prescribed. Yeah. Like, a ton of shit. Yeah, and, uh. I, um, yeah, I got arrested. I went to the drunk tank, which if you, if you don't know, it's a fucking tiny ass holding cell, and you're in there with just fucking drunk drivers, and just, that's where you first go when you when you get arrested. And, Sobering up. <laughs> yep, and it's, uh, lights are on 24-7, um, just a tiny ass room with, um, with a toilet in there, and fucking that's it. And I made the mistake of telling them I was suicidal when I got there, and... So they kept me on suicide watch in the drunk tank for two weeks in wow. wet, tiny-ass room. Didn't leave at all. I got a shower, like, every four days. Uh, fucking didn't have any change of underwear or anything. That um, didn't horrible. even have a toothbrush for the first week because they forgot to give me that shit. Um, Damn. Lights are on 24-7. You never know what fucking time it is just waking up all through the night. All I did was fucking read, read books and fucking cry, basically. Damn. And, uh... Um, yeah, one of the, uh, like, narcotics investigator guys, he pulled me out, and, uh, he said, like, he can make a deal if I, if I told, uh, if I told him, like, if I, you know, snitched out some people about, like, the acid and stuff, I'm like, no, dude, like, shut the fuck up, like, and he's like, alright, your choice, just give me a call if you ever change your mind, and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening, um, like, I'm but, already getting in trouble. Yeah. Dude. I'm not fucking That's something that out. I just fucking despise. Like, you're the one that got in trouble. You gotta fucking have the fucking integrity to take responsibility for that shit. Dude, um, I am not a snitch. <laughs> I, I will not tell the story, but okay. I'm not a snitch. Okay. And you're fucking lucky that I'm not. Like, what the fuck? You're getting off topic here, dude. Dude, All I right. was thinking about, dude, that was a high school story. Yeah, but so. We're not talking about anyway, that two ever. weeks in the drunk tank, I fucking got back to general population. And, uh, as soon as I got back there, it was fucking heaven. Like, it was like a barracks style. Like, there's just an open room with, uh, like, a TV on each end and tables in the middle. And then on each side, there's, uh, like, little, uh, like, cubicles not blocked off with doors or anything, just with, uh, bunk beds in them. Much better than the drunk tank. Oh, yeah. So I got back there. I'm like, holy fuck, I love this place because I spent fucking two, two weeks in the fucking, uh, drunk tank. And also, they, our our jail was one of the, like, 44 in the U.S. that sells e-cigs. Really? And so, yeah, we got e-cigs in there for 12 bucks pop, and they last you a day. So, oh, wow. Yeah, those were pretty damn expensive, but... You probably but still, you got them. Oh, you yeah. got them. I got them. Uh, I got them. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks, parents, but... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh... Dude, you got any, like... I don't know, dude. I'm super interested about like, the jail experience now. Yeah, well, I can talk a lot about that, too. Like, uh, 
Dude, yeah, we have no time limit. We can go okay, as cool. I don't know. Do you have any specific questions? I just am, I've never. I want to know about the food. That, I want to know food. about the food too. Okay, the best thing you look forward to every week is Tuesdays and Fridays. Your breakfast is PB and J, and that's the only real food that you get in there. PB and J is delicious, so P- you're probably happy yeah, for that. PB and J, oh my god, and fucking <laughs> yeah, um, dude, you must have sold low calorie food, like yeah, it. Well, it's really it's basically just all carbs and fucking uh, like just. Most disgusting meat you could ever fucking see. It does not, Might not taste even be or meat. feel like real meat. Um, what did you do in there all day? I read. I read about forty books in the four months and a week I was in there. Um, some of them were short, like novellas and stuff, and some of them were longer. Some of them were like history, uh, historical fiction, and shit like that. Um, but I spent a lot of my time reading. I at, for a month or so I was doing a thousand push-ups every day at least. You're working um, out. Yeah. yeah, I was. They had a little, um, a little. Uh, what the fuck was it called? Rec center or some shit. Uh, and no, not ooh. It was just fucking uh, a pull up and a dip bar, and oh. then a, and then like a, a cycling machine with no resistance. Um, Dude, I do know that in some states they got rid of all weights and workout equipment. Yeah. Because the weights were being used to fucking like. Like, dude, you're benching, but this guy wants to fucking kill you. Yeah, it's pretty easy to smash your head yeah. with a fucking 45 plate. Like, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah there was no weights in there. Just uh, calisthenic stuff. That's like a huge fucking TV thing. Yeah. Like, and TV just is always like, the fucking right. the weights. Yeah, I think that's more of a prison thing. I think prison oh, yeah. ha- has that. But yeah, so uh, I... um, Yeah, I, I was able... I was lucky if I got to go there... Once a day, usually it was uh, probably like four times a week, and I went outside five times in that entire four and a half months. There was no outside time, and when I went outside, I was shackled and chained, like uh, you know, handcuffs in front of me and like Damn. chains in my ankles. Walking to a cop car, getting in, driving to the courthouse, walking right into the courthouse. That was the only time I ever got to be outside. I got in on February 14th, got out June 21st, so I watched through the windows. I watched it go from snowy to getting really nice out and shit and just wishing I was the fuck out of there. Damn. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the worst thing about it, I got along with pretty much everyone in there. Um, and What was, like, the demographic in there? Wait, wait, which jail were you in? Uh, county jail. Oh, okay. Dude, yeah. Uh, I'm an idiot. Dude, but yeah. Was it like, was there a lot of older people? Or? Um, it was, a. there was, um, yeah, it was like, no, it was pretty, pretty even, I guess, distribution just between, uh, there was like some fucking 16 year olds in there. There was some 60 year olds in there. Um, do you like? Do you guys like share stories? Yeah, we t- we talked a lot. Um, I had some people in there that I was actually pretty good friends with. I hung out with a decent amount, like good people. And uh, since you know they've tried to kind of hit me <coughs> up um, outside of jail, and they're still getting in trouble going back to jail and stuff. So I just I can't I can't be associating with those people. Oh, definitely um, not. But uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Do you want to talk about what it was like uh, getting out of jail, or? Yeah, well. Well, there's probably more to this. Like, there's you were talking, you're going to the courthouse and shit. Yeah. So uh, there's like a lot more to the story before you even get out, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I can also talk about like the worst thing in there is just 
just you can't under I I hear people talking who have been in like the drunk tank for 24 hours or something and they're just fucking bitching and complaining about it like it was the worst thing ever and I'm just like dude you're in there for two you do weeks. not know fucking shit like uh but also I see I mean that that is like the worst place on earth like being in that thing so I see where they're coming from but also like yeah you don't understand uh no one can understand like you can you can think about people and like yeah they do these crimes they shouldn't be a part of society but like you do not you cannot fathom what it's like to just be in there against your will and the worst thing was just the COs the corrections officers they did not they treated you like either kindergartners or animals like they just they did not respect you at all they like and that was the worst thing about when I actually was going to get out of jail because three months in um is when I got sentenced and uh when I got sentenced, I got eligible for release at halftime for rehab. So um, I only had to serve half the time of my sentence, and then I could go complete the rest of it just going through a rehab program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my sentence was six months with three years probation. And uh, Three years probation? Yeah. Oh, also, earlier in that time, I got sentenced. Uh, they dropped the possession with intent to sell, and I got sentenced with uh, possession of LSD. And uh, but that's actually a Schedule Five in Michigan, so it's really like, it's like um, not really that. Yeah, bad. it's not. It was a ninety-day misdemeanor. LSD Schedule um, Five. Wow. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, um, luckily I got both of those. Um, I don't know. My lawyer he cost like fifteen grand, and uh, he got huh. both of those not on my record as long as I complete probation. So, but um, yeah. Uh, so three months in, I got sentenced to six months and eligible for halftime rehab. So as soon as I got sentenced, I'm like, all right, I can get out of here as long as, as soon as I get into rehab. And uh, so, yeah, this is when it got the most frustrating because each day I was there was a day I could potentially be out. And I was in there for another month and a week because um, the uh, the people who ran the rehab, they don't accept collect calls. So, um, uh, and it's... 25 cents a minute I think and that's only if you're calling from an out-of-state number so like my family they got um, Temporary like out-of-state numbers so I could call them because otherwise I think it was like more than twice that price a a minute like 60 cents a minute to talk and uh, Yeah, the would you have long talks with them? 10 minutes like that's about all we could afford basically because Yeah, I they basically they gave me 30 bucks a week um, and that was to spend on food oh okay the best food in there that you got was pb and j but the best food you ate in there was fucking uh cook-ups we call them and it was like ramen noodles you fucking get a bunch of people together get ramen noodles fucking cook them up you fucking steal a garbage bag off the uh cleaning cart and fucking put all the noodles in a bag and then you fucking uh <laughs> like just a huge bag of fucking noodles people buy some tortillas off the commissary and shit too people buy like jalapenos and fucking hot sauce and like cheese and fucking uh cheetos and all this shit and then you save the meats from your uh from your lunch you all save them and you all fucking cut them up and put them together just fucking mix it up in the bag and then fucking roll up some burritos with them and just uh, just feast yeah and that (laughs) dude that is some shit that i wanted to hear yeah (laughs) that is cool shit that no one would know yeah yeah um so that was the best eaten in there but yeah so the rehab place didn't take collect calls and so i had to go up to the front office um to make on and use their phone to make calls and the 
the people up there, the CEOs, they just didn't give a fuck. They, they like, if I asked them if I could do it, they just, they're like, nope, we're busy. They didn't, uh, they just didn't fucking care. And when I could be, I could be out at that point. So that was just really frustrating. Yeah. And it was a really long process getting like insurance, uh, on board with it and like whatever kind of aid I was getting and then um, just getting it approved through my probation officer and the courts and everything. Uh, so yeah, then I got out uh, June 21st and I just had to, the night before I tried to go to sleep, but uh, yeah, I got out at 8 a.m. that day and uh, I did not sleep at all that night. I was just too fucking excited to get out hmm. and I went fucking, uh, my sister packed up some clothes for me. I went, had to pick those up and I had to be up at the rehab place by a certain time. And so I just went straight there. And that rehab place, uh, Munson, uh, Munson, whatever medical center up in Traverse City, that's like fucking heaven. That's like the best place I've ever been to in my life. Yeah. Um, it was all like really like comfortable beds and stuff. You had your own room. You had a decent amount of free time. You just had to go to these like classes throughout the day. Um, they had all sorts of books you can read. They had ping pong. Uh, you could fucking smoke cigarettes there. So I was smoking um, a pack every three days when I was there. Um, and there was like an outdoor patio and uh, like um, just, yeah, you could go for walks and stuff. Um, it was just so fucking amazing. And all the people that work there are former addicts. So they, like all the people. They know how to sympathize yeah. with you. Yeah, and then the people you're with are you're all with people who are struggling with shit trying to get Dude, better. Dude, this is a pretty fucking like people are always talking about if rehabilitation is even worth it. Like 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 right. the suits cuz I worked in the capital. Mm-hmm. And I worked I mean like the the people I worked for in the capital, a lot of them would have said like you're a lost cause. Cuz they wouldn't they wouldn't have put the resources to give proper rehabilitation to anyone. And that's something that that's something I've really learned too, and I, I believe that no one is a lost cause. Because I was in jail, I was in jail with a guy who killed someone. I was in, uh, I was in, yeah, I was in jail with all sorts of people, and I saw their redeeming qualities in all of them. And that's just something you can't really understand. Like you have to be able to look at people as individuals. And I forgot where I heard it, but like the saying, "hurt people, hurt people." Like yeah. you know, like you don't just, you're not just. Yeah, you're gonna. You're not inherently bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Everyone has everyone like compassion and love is like the central, <laughs> like, quality love, of humanity. Love drives love drives everything you do in a way. Yeah. Think about it. Um, and so. Yeah. Um. I I'm really able to, um, have compassion for people who even do like the worst, <clears throat> the worst type of. Of crimes because like yeah I don't know they're human like yeah they they did it out of malevolence and to hurt people but it's because imagine how much pain they had to be in to want to do that to someone you truly don't know everyone's story you don't know where everyone's coming from you don't know what anyone's really been through unless you talk to them and you understand where they've been exactly because I know there's plenty of people in my hometown who just hate me and think I'm a piece of shit for what I did and yeah, I regret what I did. Like, I did not consider um, that girl's privacy or her feelings or anything. And I did use her like 
just for my own personal gain, I guess, uh, for the way I saw it. And um, yeah. that's just not right. That's not, you shouldn't, you should not use anyone. Like, we're all, yeah. we're all here for each other. I don't know how else to put it. Like, the, the, the possibilities, the potential for people, if we're all, like, not trying to get one up on each other, like, we're all just yeah. trying to, to bring each other up and, like, make sacrifices for each other. I don't know. I'm and, getting into and, philosophy and, now, but... In high school, we're not sympathetic people, really. No. We, no one... Everyone's a little asshole in high yeah. school. <laughs> like, that was just no thing. You yeah. just didn't care. You, yeah. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I and, mean... Yeah, we did the dumb... Everyone did the dumbest shit, especially, like, the group of... Just think about how young everyone people was. People that we were around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> everyone's done some dumb shit, dumb, ignorant, mean stuff in high school. Dude, yeah, a lot of people just don't feel the repercussions. Right, and I actually never intended on hurting her either. I just didn't consider her uh, in my decisions. And uh, so that was over that period before I got sentenced too. I figured like empathy was becoming one of my greatest and uh, strongest qualities. Um, and actually, when I got sentenced, the judge he's like, uh, he's like, so. Um, so tell me your your definition of empathy and I'm like well it's to um I'd say it's to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and feel what they feel and he's like yeah exactly and I, I then I added I'm like and I also feel like empathy is uh one of my strongest qualities and he's like no what he's just like he, he was just like blowing up at me at that point and he's just like like uh and he was asking me why I did what I did because he's like yeah you were good in school you were involved in uh, in extracurriculars and stuff, how could you do something like this? And I'm like, uh, I forgot what I even said, but I said, like, I never intended to hurt anyone. Like, I just was not being considerate. And he's like, well, wh why'd you do it? Like, was it for dominance or do you get off on humiliating people? And I'm like, no, dude, like, no. you do not understand this. <laughs> and uh, so, but yeah, as far as the sentence, I'd say um, he gave me a fair sentence. Uh, he wasn't too mean about it. Wasn't like yeah. no cruel punishment. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, rehab. Rehab was great. Um. The first, I only had to be there for two weeks. Really? Uh. I only had to, and two Were weeks. You there in, longer. Yeah, I was there one week longer, and uh, <clears throat> I decided to stay for one more week, because the first two weeks, I've been having these conflicts with people there the patients and the uh like uh the the workers there just about the use of psychedelics because psychedelics for me personally have given me the foundation of like uh of the person i am and who i want to be and like uh mm -hmm. not they haven't given it to me they just allowed to dig deep enough into myself to realize what is truly at the core of me and just the the connectedness and just the oneness of everything and that the underlying force of everything is love and that like yeah i don't know i was raised catholic and um just fucking blindly kind of followed that for a bit till i learned about evolution in school and i'm like wow okay catholicism is fucking retarded and, uh, <laughs> uh, for for saying that this shit isn't real and then the newest pope pope francis he came out and said uh, oh yeah, evolution is real, and homosexuals don't go to hell. And then all the Catholics are like, "Yeah, 
now we believe that. And I'm like, okay, you're just gonna fucking let some motherfucker just tell you follow what, what the Pope yeah, says. You're just gonna do whatever fucking someone tells you to without it's thinking. Kinda, it is a good thing if they do believe those. Yeah, with those things. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, I, I was I was happy for the Pope because the Pope is uh, this Pope is obviously an, an enlightened person, but um, the most Catholic followers are not. And uh, yeah, so I went. I totally rebelled against that and just went total like atheist. And then um, psychedelics brought me back to spirituality, just uh, seeing the way that we are all the same. Just like we all, yeah. I, I don't know, we're all the same. Like we pretty much are. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's so much more similar about us than there is different. And uh, <clears throat> just just seeing the like you get a fucking super sense uh on that on those those drugs sometimes and just able to uh see exactly people's motivations for doing everything they're doing just being able to you kind of can you can unchain your mind yeah, on the psychedelics yeah you can uh i don't know i've i've uh <laughs> i've like literally just went up and hugged a tree because i recognized <laughs> that it was my brother like <laughs> yeah um you know, shit like that. Like, I mean, uh, it's like I don't know. Just, just this. Utter, this is not recently, or recently? no, this isn't recently. This is a long time ago. All right. Um, but yeah, I haven't tripped in a while. I mean, I've also done DMT like thirty times too. I could talk about that, dude. I, I mean, podcast one. You want to hear about my DMT sure. trip? It was. Super, oh, you did it? Yeah, it was super life changing, dude. I was my first semester. I mean, this is podcast one material, but, like, my first semester at Finley, I felt like I made a huge mistake, and I was so just depressed, because I was was good at soccer, and then I broke my spine. Yeah. So I ended up at a school that was below my standard, like, my entire life, and I just wasn't, because I wasn't healed all the way, so I still wasn't able to do shit good. My girlfriend left me, and I just was getting more and more sad, and then my dad was just kind of like, well, just don't be sad, and I was like, Dude, I'm not even sad. It's just like I just fucking feel like I'm just going. But then I took DMT, and I took a lot of psychedelics over that winter break. Yeah. Smoked a lot, and I just kind of had a different outlook on life after. But you want to listen to that in way more detail, like 40 minutes of it. Definitely <laughs> podcast one. Yeah. yeah. So I did DMT after I uh, got a lot out of LSD, and so. Um, DMT experiences weren't as life changing for me because I feel like I've, I feel like it's gotten for me to a point where I know there's definitely more I can learn from it, but I'm going to grow more out of applying what I learned to my real life than <clears throat> just tripping and, and that, um, cause yeah, at some point you can only get so far and then you have to do the work yourself. You can't just, right. you can't have that tool. Like I don't so, think I could do it now. Like now I don't think I can <clears throat> have this. And life-altering trip. Right. I don't think I could anymore. But at the time, I was pretty ignorant, like fresh out of high school. And right. Just, well, I was just a sad little dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was having these uh, discussions with the um, with the people at rehab, and they were just saying, well, no, it's a drug. It's, it's just like any other drug. Like, it's just... And actually, the founder, Bill Wilson of Alcoholics Anonymous, he actually considered making using LSD a step in the 12-step program. Uh, it's for getting Whoa. off alco alcoholism. And I'm like, so what do you think about that? And they're like, oh, well, he didn't end up doing it. And like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he, after backlash from like the advisory board or whatever for trying to do that, he just quit the advisory board. And that's what happened. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so it, they're really powerful tools, not to be taken lightly, I guess. But mm-hmm. they, because um, I've had hellish experiences mm. on them too. I've literally gone to hell and died and huh. burned in hell, and uh, that's not fun. But I had <laughs> to. Uh, there's uh, actually a um, a quote from. Uh, psychoanalyst Carl Jung that I think um, applies to this and it's that uh, a tree can't grow to reach heaven unless its roots reach down to hell and I figure that uh, you hit the bottom yeah and and... uh, I figure that like having that experience really allowed me to and actually coming to terms with it and wanting to learn about it because a lot of people have a bad trip and they're just like oh, fuck, like, I cannot deal with that. That was just hell and fucking... They just try not to think about it and just try not to ever let it happen again. But I was curious about what I was going through, and I really... Okay, the things that happened... The things that happened aren't coincidental. I mean, they they are coincidental. Like, they're always related to something in real life or, like, a thought or something. Like, they're not just random because your brain can't imagine random things. That's not how brains work. They just rely on, like... Thoughts, prior, yeah, yeah, prior yeah. knowledge and experience, but yeah. something that, so another thing I think that, um, like psychedelics do really well is actually putting you into the perspective of, actually like an infant child seeing the world for the first time. Like that's almost the perspective it puts you in. You're seeing everything, like you've never seen it before, and then so that can be difficult to integrate back into your everyday life, but, um. Yeah, you can gain so much from doing that. <clears throat> so yeah, I was planning on just uh, leaving rehab and just like, you know, these people don't fucking understand me. I couldn't find anyone to understand me. Like, I'm gonna just go keep seeking psychedelics when I get out. <clears throat> and then my mom came from Pennsylvania for a family day where you just, um, you have like a counseling session with your family member in the middle of a circle of all your peers, all the other uh, patients oh. you're with. And, uh, yeah, you, and like, we were one of the, we were like the second or third to go. And, uh, I just, I talked to her and we really like connected on a deep level. And I said, you know, if this is the best life gets being sober, I'll take it. Like, I don't need, I don't need to, uh, um, seek anything, even if this is the best life gets, which I'm sure there's, there's plenty of good things you can get out of sober life. I'm like, yeah, this is. I don't, as long as there's a possibility of this for me being sober, mm-hmm. I'll take it. And uh, so then I decided to stay another week and invite my dad down um, because he couldn't make it um, that week. And uh, so I wanted to stay another week just to have the same kind of experience with him. And I wrote him a letter. Did before- that happen on, these happen like the end of the weeks? Middle of the week, Wednesday. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I wrote him a letter and uh the one day he was going to be able to be down there for that family day the good counselor was was gone and there was this other lady the only lady there that was not a good therapist like uh she was the only one there and so i got stuck with her which kind of sucked and i was reading my dad this letter with her in the room and him in the room and everything and uh i wasn't really accusing him of anything but i was telling him about just the way he raised me just not being like emotionally there for me and just um just a lot of the things that he did that had an effect on me and uh the first thing he said was like okay like it really hurts to hear you say that and uh he's a pretty like 
proud person too, so he was not comfortable being in the presence of someone else with me describing all these oh. um, all these things. Right. Like, he was uncomfortable. Yeah, and uh, and then so I just kept trying to talk to him about it, and the lady's like, the lady told me she's like, hey. You're the addict here. Like, you're the one with the problem. Like, you're the one we're trying to fix. And I'm like, the fuck, bitch? Oh, my God. Yeah. Why'd you say that? Yeah. And uh, At this point, you could leave whenever you wanted, right? Yeah, but I I was about to, but I was trying to get somewhere with my dad. And um, that was before the group therapy in the middle of everyone. That was just our own private thing before that. you, your dad, and her. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, then we went in there, and uh, we were the first ones to go. Me and him were in that time. Uh, and I don't know. I got somewhere with him. At least I was able to open myself up to him and, uh, tell him how I felt. And then he can do that what he wants. And he's been growing a lot lately too. So that's been good. But, um, yeah, that's why I stayed another week and I went out and, uh, I, um, yeah, I started going to NA every week, uh, because I really liked it. And, uh, just having that support, and um, I was in NA for nine months, uh, completely sober, and then before that, uh, like I brought my court sheet there to get signed, but I wasn't court mandated to go to NA. I brought it there to get signed just so, uh, just to look good for my probation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't going for that, I was going for my own personal benefit, and Mm -hmm. I kept bringing up these same kind of discussions about psychedelics, and no one there understood me either, and, then one of them was like, you know, some of us aren't here court mandated. Some of us are like actually here trying to get better. And we know that if we ever like uh, go out and use drugs again, it's going to lead to our death or like prison or something. And uh, I'm just like, um, there's no crosstalk allowed, but I knew she was talking to me because I, uh, I just talked before that. And then uh, I did, um, I, I, spoke right after that and I'm like you know I'm not court mandated to be here I'm here because I'm trying to better myself and it just really sucks that there's no one here that's able to understand where I'm coming from and then after that I just stopped going um and yeah um and that was in the your hometown yeah okay yep um yeah so um, when did you decide to apply at Michigan State? Yeah, what happened from the end of NA to here to now? Oh, well, even when I was going to NA, I was working, uh, I did some roofing, some landscaping, um, and I got a job at a factory too, which uh, paid me pretty well and good hours and stuff. So I worked at that factory for nine months, and um, <clears throat> uh yeah, just uh, when it came time, like in the fall or winter or whatever, to apply for this this past fall semester, um, I was like, well, I talked to, I'd been talking to one of my dad's friends who's an accountant, an accountant and um, he said that like Michigan State has a really good reputation, and I don't know, Ferris, I, one of the reasons I really wasn't doing well there, because it just felt like the people there were really just the same type of people that were in my hometown, and it was the same kind of thing with you, like, just that standard, like, it was I don't, low standard. yeah, I, I wanted to be with, not to be, like, you know, egotistical or anything, but I want to be around people I can connect with intellectually, and um, I have a better chance at that down here, you know? Oh, yes. No, I've thought that. <laughs> I mean, at Finley, I was like, yeah, like the, the U.S. rankings came out for colleges, and 
like when I was when this was when I was already did, like applied to state and Finley was ranked like three hundred and six and Michigan State was ranked forty ninth in like the world and I was like okay well yeah I mean there's a reason I want to go here it's not just I mean it's more fun yeah more people so I mean yeah I don't know another thing yeah so I applied and I got accepted and um yeah I just did my my first semester down here it went it went well um. I don't know. My social life is a bit of an issue just because I'm on probation and like I'm not willing to like risk that. So like I don't party or anything like that, and (laughs) I'm just more of an introverted personality. Just, uh, just you know, generally. And um, are you you are you lifting at this time? Are you going to the gym? Yeah, uh, I've been going to the gym. um, Uh. Like, I really only go once or twice a week, but I do, like, push-ups, and uh, I have a pull-up bar at home and shit, so... So you're still, you're still, like, working out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another thing I can talk about that I'm sure you guys have some opinions on is uh, I've been vegan for three months today, actually. You're oh, vegan? Yeah. I did not know that at all. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Um, just as I got into spirituality, it had become a goal of mine, and uh, just to... Because I believe in just living my life where I cause the least amount of suffering humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can't... Um, it's a pretty Western, like, uh, ideology to believe that, like, th- this... Uh, and, like, Christian, basically, like, ideology that this earth and its resources and its animals are here for humans uh, to, to use and take mm-hmm. for them. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah, we're part of nature and yeah, we've been omnivores for a while, but we're at a point now where you can make a choice on how you live your life. You can have a fully nutritious, healthy vegan diet. And, um, one, one of the biggest reasons too, which for people who aren't even, who still think that, you know, like animals are, you know, ours to use and stuff is if you care anything about the environment, well, it takes an 18th of the amount of land to so it takes 18 times more land for the average american's diet of meat dairy and uh, vegetables um as it does if they were just on a vegan diet and that's because you have to have the animal or, or the land for the animals you have to have the land for the crops for the animals and you have to have um like all the the water and like uh you have to yeah you have to have 18 times more land for that um using up way more land than you need to so you're yeah doing it, you're doing it and more the, the, that aspect yeah envir- environment um environment the the animals because yeah think about it they crave life they don't want to die just as much as we do and why should we just because we can why should we why should we kill them like there, there's animals being born for the sole purpose of being killed and used by humans. Mm-hmm. Is there not something wrong with that? They're being brought into this world to live just so they can be killed for us. So what made you ch- do this change then? Because it's three months today. Yeah. Had you been thinking about it for a while? I had been thinking about it for a while. And then um, my sister actually was was like, for environmental reasons, she was like, um, yeah, I want to be vegetarian. And I'm like, oh, shit, no way. And she's like, oh, fuck, I thought you were going to call me stupid and stuff for that. I'm like, no, I've been wanting to be vegan for a while. Let's just do that. And uh, so, yeah, it's 
it's a bit of a rough road, honestly. Like, I, uh, I feel like there's a ton of inconveniences. It's probably it a is. lot of self-discipline. Like, you gotta stay yeah, consistent but, with your vegan diet. Yeah, but you have to. You ever have cheat days? No, I, no, I never kidding, had. I never had. My sister has, but uh, no, I haven't. Um, and I can't see myself ever going back because if I, I also have a goal that, um, or like a, a just a philosophy that, in order. Like to fulfill my moral obligation to this world, I I have to strive to be the best me I can be and bring whatever I can to the table. Like it's that's my moral obligation have to you, this world. Do you know about Eric Thomas? Mm-mm. Oh, oh boy, wow, dude. All right, I'm gonna grab something real fast, dude. Eric Thomas is the world's one of the world's most renowned motivational speakers, and he comes to East Lansing. Well, he's from Detroit. And he, he's a diehard Michigan State person. And he comes to MSU and every Monday, yeah, every Monday, oh, shit. he gives free <laughs> inspirational speeches and he provides food with students who want to come. But you have to come and take notes and be super attentive and, like, pay attention and everything and, like, be in it. This have is, you been to any of them? Yes. This is the number one motivational speaker in the world, mind you. And he speaks yeah. at MSU every Monday throughout the semester. Yeah. Okay, I got to get to that shit, dude. Dude, hey. he just... He knows he knows about adversity. I have been through some adversity, but his shit is bad. Like Oh yeah. What you know about fourteen people in two bedrooms? What do you know about eating out trash cans it's and living almost... in living in condemned buildings in Detroit? Right. Like, Damn. And it's now almost... he has PhD. It's almost a euphoric experience going to one of these seminars, Eric Thomas. Man, Dude, yeah. You I, want like, to go to one yeah, of these. Yeah, I will, I will. Dude, he dropped out of high school when he was super young, and now he's got his undergrad, his grad, and PhD from Michigan State. Yep. And he was homeless for two years eating out of trash cans. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You will want... Uh, I wish I had an extra one of these to give you, but... Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take a picture of it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely post that in the description if you guys are interested. Mm-hmm. He's got some his he has always has YouTube videos. He records all his motivational speeches and he has he puts them on Spotify too. So if you want to listen to him, Spotify. If you want to watch watching the videos is super intense. Cause are you free from seven to eight on Mondays? <laughs> they, I am. <laughs> you're going to be going to these then. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's is, awesome. it, is it different every time at all? Oh yeah, he talks about oh, different nice. shit. Yeah, and he, he'll interact with the audience a lot. He'll be asking questions but like, all right. Someone tell me something that you want to get done and you've been putting it off for a while. And some guy spoke up and he's, in, he's like, well, I've been working on getting my enhanced license and I've been putting off for two months. And he was like, this is something that would take you a few hours of your day to do and you've been putting it off for three months. Go do it tomorrow. <laughs> he's like, do it. You go do it right now. I have shit where I'm like, like I see the trash like just piled up right, right here and then I'm like, wow, I don't want to take it out, but... At some point, I have to take this out. I guess I'll take it out right now. Yep. And that's my that's how I think about a lot of shit. Right? Yeah. Just doing doing what's gonna benefit your like uh, your future self because it has to get done at some point. Dude, yes. That's- you guys, uh, you guys ever listen to Jordan Peterson at all? Yeah. Okay, I, I have this book, dude, and his book is fucking great. Dude, I have all his books. You have Twelve Rules. Do you have? Uh- dude, I read the Gulag too. Oh wait, that that's his. No, I mean, that's the Gilly's reference. Yeah, from uh, Solzhenitsyn, that one, Gulag Archipelago. Yeah, dude. Oh, okay. He's a Canadian clinical psychologist and a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. Dude. Jordan Peterson, okay. 
I don't know who this is. You guys gotta tell me about him. Yeah, well, uh, he's just a really common sense guy who uh, he gets associated with like the alt right a lot. A lot of people try to to paint him as a um, conservative activist because he spoke out against compelled speech laws in uh, Canada um, for you being forced to call transgenders by their preferred gender or else you pay a fine. Huh. And he said there's he said there's a difference between uh, you know like banning words and then forcing you to say something and he doesn't think that either should should be part of the law because uh, you know if people are are like using hateful language you know they're just they're going to be they're just going to continue using this language probably yeah and they're they're not going to be associated with with by the like general population you know dude, okay wait that dude uh maps of meaning dude i've been wanting that wait dude can i borrow these <laughs> yeah you can borrow my you can borrow the books okay I'll, yeah damn because <laughs> those are both on my list yeah do um we also just people wait do you have 12 rules for life though I'm pretty sure I do, dude. I okay. Just, I have so many books in my room on the floor. I was just digging through. I just keep all the books I read, and so now I have yeah. many. I didn't take them back to my dad's house, but now I. A lot of people. He he always has like calls of action, like Jordan Peterson's like. I don't know. He's he's kind of like Eric Thomas in the sense where he's like, he is motivational. Like his shit makes you want to go do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. But then like does. a lot of alt right people have inferred that for. That is their call of action, and right. he's been really vocal about. It. He's like, no, I mean it's more more yeah. for everyone and anyone. So what what are his twelve rules? Oh God, I just finished rule nine today. Um, are yeah, these, are these accurate? Are these the real? Yeah, rules? these are the rules. Yeah, uh, rule one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. He goes over. Um, he goes over our evolution from lobsters actually, and how they uh, how they like react after. Well, this is all to do with, like, uh, competence hierarchies, like, uh, just the basis in which we we organize society and, like, who's better than the other person. And, like, um, lots of, like, leftist, uh, like, liberal ideologies um, want to say that it's all based on power and that, like, uh, the power is, like, corrupting um, th- the system and the hierarchy and everything, which... It's true. It's true. Power is corrupting that, but and the the left is required to make sure there's that hierarchies don't become corrupted. But like uh, our hierarchies are based on competence, which is how they should be. Like the people who are better at certain things are gonna move up m- more than people who aren't as good. But that doesn't mean there isn't a place for people who aren't as good, and that doesn't mean that people who aren't as good at certain things aren't less valuable as humans. Um, right. And yeah, uh, he he just talks about how um, like lobsters' body position and how we uh, our brains like share actually a lot of things uh, from lobsters, which we evolved from three hundred million years ago. Like our evolution uh, broke from from lobsters, and just uh, that standing up straight with your shoulders back, you know, just uh, um, allows you to like face the day and just be like come come at like whatever because just he also be ready for anything yeah yeah basically um i won't go into to each of his rules but i'll read the rest of them I'm, i just finished rule nine today but rule two is treat yourself like you would like you would someone you're responsible for helping and uh that's like uh, he he has an example about how like uh people uh like 
significantly more, a lot more, like give their dog a prescription med- medication on time and like the right dose and everything compared to their own medication. Like, because uh, they're responsible for their dog and they would feel bad if they, because their dog can't do that, can't take the medication on, on their own. And, uh, you know, like just to treat yourself like you're, you're responsible for helping yourself. Um, make Rule three is make friends with people who want the best for you. Rule four is compare yourself with who you were yesterday, not who's with who someone else is do today. Doing, do you think you're completing rule three and four? Uh, I'm I'm doing my best, man. I've I, that book that book is is really it's a great book. Like I highly recommend it. Um, rule five is for parents more, but uh, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Rule six is set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Rule seven is pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient, which is where I got on this topic because um, he talks a lot about, like, uh, don't just do whatever's going to gratify you in the moment, you know, do, do th- like, make conscious decisions to mm-hmm. uh, pursue the things that are meaningful to you. Rule eight is tell the truth or at least don't lie. Rule nine, assume that the person you're listening to might know something you don't. Rule 10 is be precise in your speech. Rule 11, do not bother children when they're skateboarding. Rule 12, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. And he, uh, he, he goes, he goes into, they're kind of like comical, like some of them are, but, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's an he amazing them book. Where yeah. They have super meaning. They, them. they have a lot of meaning. Have you ever read Freakonomics? I haven't read it. I kind of like that. Like the titles are weird, but then. But then it's like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, I don't know. The titles are the titles are like jokes. But then once you right. get through the whole chapter, you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. I don't know where I left off in my story. I mean, basically, it's just to now. Like, uh, oh yeah, I was talking about kind of my social life and stuff. Like, I don't know. I have to work twenty to twenty five hours a week right now and go to class. Just to be able to pay the bills. I feel like um, that's pretty stren- strenuous. Yeah, but like, also I don't know. I this semester too, I'm I'm trying to do a better job of just uh, going out and meeting people. Like, there's a dude on the first day of class this semester sat next to me on the bus. I introduced myself. Turns out we're going to the same class uh, wow. right there. So you know, that's we awesome. we became friends. Um, I have another guy that I was in calc with last semester who I have three classes with who. Uh, um, you know, I, I see him every day, so, um, I'm, I'm trying to get out there a bit more, but I mean, this is my, I had AP classes, transfer and stuff, so, um, this is my third semester of college, and, uh, I'm two credits away from being a junior, um, like, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, I haven't had a whole lot of time in college, and I, I'm, I know other people, some people have a lot easier time adjusting to, social shit than I do but yeah. uh yeah it, it is I guess I don't know I'm always humans are always kind of looking at what they don't have and I feel like if I wasn't on probation my life would be a lot easier but um I'm still just doing trying to just focus on doing the best with what I can and yeah you know I came here today I kind of yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't sure about doing it like I was kind of busy I think the last time or maybe I was just tired um but, yeah. you know, I'm trying to just 
do more things, you yeah, know? Yeah, be open to doing something new, doing something you're not used to doing. Like, Did coming you, to the podcast yeah. today, you didn't have to do that. Right. And I'm sure it wasn't, like, easy. Like, you weren't super psyched about it, right. but you still did it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad I'm here, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Dude, have you thought about joining any clubs at State or anything? Or? Yeah, um, I'm actually going to um, join the accounting club. Uh, they just posted their events. I'm going to join that on their first event, I think, is on the 22nd of this month. Nice. Um, but that's not really something I have an interest in, like, like hobby-wise. It's something right. good for my... It's like a social... something. Yeah, it's going to be good to... It's like a professional thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's going to be good for meeting some people, but I do want to do something like... Uh, I used to be into, like, martial arts or, like... Uh, actually, this Saturday, I'm going to my first yoga class which i'm looking forward to actually um which i planned on doing last semester too but yeah actually i don't know if you've seen all my tattoos but this is om from hinduism uh this is the pakwa from taoism uh they're both just like uh oneness based like philosophies uh non-dual philosophies um just basically that god is within you on the deepest level and that you're not which I, from psychedelic experiences, I, I have experienced that, and I've been able to, because once you, like, yeah, we, we live our, you. we live, <laughs> we live our whole life, like, uh, thinking, like, you know, I'm Chuck, like, uh, you know, like, uh, like, that I'm this body, and that I'm this name, and that I'm, like, uh, you know, yeah, just associated with, with the ego, like, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you're you're really something like so much deeper than that and uh the ego is like fabricated by your brain mm-hmm. um just and it's useful for interacting with other people and stuff but it's it's not who you truly are like you can dig dig and dig into yourself and you can see what is at the very bottom and it's just a infinite <laughs> sea of love basically and that's what right. you truly are do wow <laughs> It sounds like you've made a lot. You have gone through a roller coaster ride. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And now you're getting like you're trying to you're trying to get out there more this semester. Yeah. Which, um, do you have any like other resolutions or? Just basically. Yeah. I have. Uh, I don't know. Just just try and when I notice when I notice where I can say yes to doing something or when I can do something that pushes me out of my comfort zone, like uh, do that. You know, like uh. Cause that's the only way you can you can grow is by doing things that you haven't encountered before, and uh, so yeah. And I have I think about my personal growth every single day, like almost all day is on my mind. Like how can I be better today? And uh, that's you know, and I'm glad that I have that. Actually, it sounds like it might be like kind of no, stressful or you're something. You're carrying but around that passion every yeah, day. You got to remind yourself every yeah, day. Yeah, and I literally think about it every day and uh i sometimes don't give myself as much credit for coming how far i've come but like uh um yeah i you've, you've came along I, I it could be it could be a way different story right now yeah like you could be somewhere way different yeah <laughs> wow dude that's crazy shit that's for sure this was a good podcast a lot of good content <laughs> Dude, good, I, remind good. My, I remind myself every day of my goals. Keep them right there, man. Hell yeah. Right on my screensaver on my phone. Dude, nice. There you go. Yeah. That's hype. Some of the goals are, um, I need to tweak them. For Which, sure. Which ones do you have to tweak, dude? Physical goal. Maintain the lifting habit. Seven out of five. 
I mean, five out of seven. Days a week? Yeah. Dude, the morals seem like twice a day, every day. I have been, like... 14, 14 out of seven. <laughs> 14 out of seven. <laughs> this is a semester of body transformation. <laughs> yeah, man, I just... Dude, yeah. that is my thing, this semester. There man. you go, yeah. I just, uh... I mean, I've been losing a lot of fat, actually. I've been fucking... I don't know. Ooh. I'm a bit thin. I don't. Oh, I got some. Got some buys. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're they're popping out because uh, I mean they're not as big as they have been, but like they're popping out because I've been losing a lot of fat. Just because I've yeah I've lost over ten pounds since I went vegan. So I honestly don't think that's a good sign because a lot of the time, a lot of the time I'm not getting enough calories. But uh, you know, because you, you have to have, when you do that, you really you can just fucking eat fries and crackers and fucking shit like that or you can actually like learn to cook and it's hard to have the motivation to to cook yourself meals every day on sundays yeah i wanted to do that too i need some tupperware containers (laughs) dude i know i just bought these ones dude they're so hype dude i like just fucking a whole meal right there hell yeah (laughs) dude those are my last two for the week oh what the fuck they are they Dude, that's alright. I got other food. This is not the official start of... It's not the only food. <laughs> yeah, the wings and brats. Oh, wow. I forgot we have brats. And wings. Um, I'm going to be eating good after this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and buffalo dip. Oh, wow. Not These are non-vegan options. Yeah, non, non-vegan. <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe chow on one of those bananas over there. <laughs> Dude, nice. <laughs> Dude, what do you like? Oh, like most snack food is vegan friendly, right? A lot of it is, yeah. I mean, I eat for snacks. I eat a lot of like, uh, you know, like carrots and hummus or something like that. Peanuts, almonds, fruits. I eat lots of berries. Carrots. Yes. (laughs) Dude, carrots. I don't know, man. I don't know a lot about science. (laughs) Maybe yeah. Seems like maybe you don't. That's about it. That's the only science I know. Wow. So how, yeah. many, how many viewers do you end up getting, or your listeners do you end up getting? Oh, you want to see, dude? Sure. You see how many fucking people? Not to flex on you, but just a <laughs> fucking lot. Get a lot of downloads on our podcast. On podcast.com, for sure. On Spotify. Dude, that is cool. Spotify, <laughs> we're kind of new to, so we're not getting that many. Yeah. But we're increasing, for sure. Wait, how many, how many followers do you have? We, on Spotify, we're really new. Oh, okay. So we only have 150 listens and 10 followers, mm-hmm. which sucks because I'm like, dude, there's so many people that listen to us but don't follow us, so get the fuck on there and follow <laughs> us. Like, we we just got to keep pushing it. Like, at Michigan State, we have the ability to share with a lot of people our podcast, and we got to work on that a lot more than we do. Yeah, we, that was a thing that we... We are, we are going to be start start making our social media pages soon oh and website with all our all our avenues for streaming just last night when i was falling asleep i was thinking about merch i don't know why i was thinking about merch dude i was thinking about merch too i was thinking about <laughs> this fucking face <laughs> this right here on a plain white shirt and just like what's up dude <laughs> or like a patch right here and then it says like it says like co-host like a name tag like that'd be so hype oh wow well, if you heard it here first, if you're listening, the guys who talk, we may have merch on the way, but we definitely have social media accounts on the way, and a website is going to be up soon. Yep, yep. So this is probably the podcast. I have this no is podcast idea. number seven. This was number seven with our special guest Chuck. 
Yep. Thanks, guys. Oh, for I'd sure. I'd love to be on again. Dude, yeah, yeah def for sure. Definitely. Chuck's.